0: Was uh, uh, we, uh, got the uh, uh, <laughs> sex addiction? Uh, sex uh, addiction?
1: <laughs> I I just appreciate all the people that DM me that today, saying, "Hey, you need to play this today." Uh, don't don't worry, I'll I'll play that. As awkward yeah. as it gets, there. Fascinating,
0: gets. fascinating stuff. Well, I don't know what. How's it gonna go? You think?
1: How's it going to go with Michigan, or how's it going to go in the no, NFL? I, in the I, NFL. I think it's going to go well in the NFL. I, he was a success at Michigan. It kind of right. it, it took a while for him to really get it going, but he won a lot of games there. He made a Super Bowl in San Fran. He right. won big at Stanford. I don't know yes. the record at San Diego, but he got the job at Stanford. Like, it, it feels like, regardless of how you feel about him, and I think he's quirky and weird and not a lot of people like him or that are around him every day. But the guy's won kind of at every place that he's been, so I I guess I'll look back at the track record and say it's going to go well for him in the NFL.
0: Yeah, I think that's probably right. I think it probably will. His biggest hurdle is the quarterback situation, and he's got a, a guy that has a chance to be really, really good. So, yeah, I think you're right. As awkward as it may be, I think you're probably right.
1: Yeah. Well, it is. Uh, it's it's definitely awkward, and it won't stop being awkward, even if he's in the NFL. <laughs> uh, what is the uh, boy? Big basketball game tomorrow, huh? Yeah. Ooh, one o'clock on ESPN. What's the uh, What's this game tomorrow on the must win scale? On a scale of six to nine, what's the must win scale for OU tomorrow? Text six. line. What do you guys think? Six. That's pretty low.
0: Yeah, it's low. Here's the thing. This is college hoops. Um, I think that this is this is a team that's going to make it into the tournament. Now, what seed are they going to be? I who knows? I don't know. But I think it's a tournament team, and I think they're good enough to win, depending on the draw. Definitely a game, perhaps two, and then at that point, let's see what happens. So, at the end of the day, I I want them to go out and I compete. I'd like to see them, you know, be at the, you know, fighting for the the top couple of spots, the you know, in the in the top four of the uh, of the Big Twelve standings at the end of the regular season. I I, I would love to see that, but. The weird thing about college basketball is it doesn't really matter. I mean, yeah, it matters on what seed you get and those type of, of things. But, man, if you're in the tournament, go win a game or two. I think most people will be pretty satisfied that with, with that. And I oh, think that's going to be If they make the tournament win
1: two games, yes, it'll be an yeah. incredibly successful season. It'll be their most right. successful season since the Final Four run if they win two games.
0: Is that right? Yeah. Dang. Yeah. Well, I think that that's a possibility, and I think it's a possibility if they beat Texas Tech at home on Saturday at one p.m. And I think it's a possibility if they lose to Texas Tech at home on Saturday at one p.m.
1: Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm going to put it a, a little bit higher than you. You got it a six. I'll, I'll, I'll point it. I'll put it at
0: an eight. I mean, it does. I I have it low just because, like the nature of college basketball. But I, I will say that I do think there this is potentially a, like an inflection point or defining moment of the season. And
1: that's why I put it at an eight and some on the text yeah. line are putting it at a nine. And maybe I'm incorrectly looking at past seasons and letting that influence my must-win scale number for tomorrow because – when you look at past years, it does feel like a game that, all right, if you don't go win this one, if you go 0-2 at home, then maybe things start to trend south in a hurry. And that's my right. big concern, and that's why I've got this one at, a, at an 8 tomorrow. If you lose this one, then you got to go on the road a couple of times next week. I'm with you, man. Like I think they're going to make the tournament too. And right now they're easily in the tournament. Bracketology has them as a five seed, and that's I think right. it just updated this morning. So OU's, OU's in a good spot right now. But my concern is, if you lose this game, do you lose all of your momentum? Do you lose confidence? And do things start to spin a bit out of control? Because, you know, I don't have to tell you this. There's a massive difference. If we're talking about winning two games in the tournament, there is a massive difference between being a 5 seed and an 8 seed. If you're an 8 right. seed, then you got about a coin flip chance to win that first round game in an 8-9 game. And if you win that one, you're going to play one of the best teams in the tournament in the second round for the right to go to the Sweet 16. Right. An eight or nine before the year would have been looked at as a success. I think people would have taken that. But, man, if you can be a top six seed, it just gives you a much better opportunity to get to the Sweet 16 and win a couple of games in the tournament.
0: No doubt. Yeah, I agree. Um, It it does feel like – that Texas game, then you never know what the locker room feels like, all right? But it, it felt like that—that that sucked the wind out of the sails. Now to get beat by 15 on your own floor by your rival, you know, whenever they haven't been—I mean, they're coming off that Baylor win, which was nice, but you know, they—they they haven't been a flawless basketball team by any stretch. I mean, you were sitting in a really good spot, coming yep. off a nice road win against Cincinnati. Uh, you know, what the schedule looks like down the stretch, I mean, you got you got two tough road games, one's at Kansas State, one's at UCF, sandwiched by two top 25 teams at home, Tech and then BYU on the back end of that. And it, it would be really nice to start that stretch to get the winning feeling back and feel good about it. You know, because I know... Like, you're going to drop some games here and there. There's no doubt. But some of them don't feel the same. And getting kind of run off the floor by your rival at home by 15 doesn't feel the same as losing a tight one on the road. Or, you know, so I I do think it's important for them to to get the feel-good It it wasn't a loss
1: that you can just say, well, that stinks, but, man, this league, this league's so tough. This league right. is tough, but losing like 15 like that at home, yeah, that, that that hurt for sure. I said it on Wednesday, I believe it. It's one of the – I don't know the last time I've been that disappointed after a regular season OU basketball loss. Yeah. It's, it's been it's been a while, and I think a lot of people felt that as well. Uh, Tyler from Kellyville says 6.9 for me on the must-win scale. Yeah. Cherokee Sooners going with the 6.9 as well. 918 says on that scale it's a 9 simply due to the factor trying to keep the fans excited about this team.
0: Right. Let me ask you this. How many how many teams in the conference right now can you say are definitely better, a, definitely a better basketball team than Oklahoma? You got KU. Houston. You, you got Houston, Baylor.
1: I mean – I would say, like the word you used, now, is definitely. Like, l- let's just get right to the the point. I think you want to make the, the list is about three, maybe four teams in the conference.
0: Yeah, right? I think that's right. Yeah, I I just I'm. What I'm wondering is, and this is kind of what I've wondered all year, because early on I I was like, man, are we sure? Are we are we are we getting ahead of ourselves here with where we're ranked being in the top ten? And you know, talk to a bunch of people and. They were reinforcing it. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, and you know I was kind of slow to come around. Eventually, I did, but I'm still. I'm. I'm I just. I don't know how good they are. Does <laughs> that make sense? You know. I just. I don't know.
1: Is it all, in, in some ways? Is it similar to walking out of the Cotton Bowl? It was. A, it yeah. was an awesome win. Oh my gosh! Yes, they won it. Huge win. They may be in the top five. They're six and zero, but do we still really know how good this team is? Yeah, kind of felt like we were searching for that during the football season as well.
0: I Matt, mean, that's what I'm saying. Is like you know, right now in the Big Twelve standings, we're kind of like we're like smack dab right in the middle, right? We're we're 500. We're 15 and four overall. I I kind of think that's where we are. I think on on the right night. I think we can we can beat Baylor. We can beat, you know, Iowa State clearly, Kansas State. But I think on the right night we can lose to anyone in the conference oh, too. Yes, for sure. I I absolutely so agree with that. I, I just I feel like we are, and maybe we're because of it being a new team that hadn't played a whole lot together. Maybe we're still finding ourselves a little bit, and which you know. You're always a work in progress. The question is, right now, are we getting better or are we getting worse?
1: I would have said better uh, Tuesday morning before the Texas game. Now I don't know what to think after that one. Another reason why this game is so big, to get a better feel of which direction you're headed or how do we feel about things. Cade from the 405 says, I think it's most important because it's a home game. When was the last big-time top 25 win at the LNC? Well, they beat the number two team in the country last year, Alabama, pretty handily. I'd probably go with that one.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: I don't know if that's the most recent top 25 win, but that was a really good win last year.
0: Yeah, that's probably right. right. around
1: this time a year ago.
0: Yeah. I I, I think that's right. I mean, you had the chance for it. I think that, that Texas game would have been that, and I know they're not ranked super high, but... You know, you it still would have been big, considering where you are, and would have been three straight wins. Um, the home game against Tech now. Tech is, you know, they're four and one in conference. They sit at the top, and we talked about this a little bit yesterday. But I mean, they're kind of the same situation. I'm not real sure how good Texas Tech is right now. So
1: five one two teams with the better basketball talent, not necessarily a better team. KU, Houston, Baylor, Texas, and TCU. They're saying that t- those teams have more talent. Same yeah. talent levels, BYU, Iowa State, and Kansas State. Okay. I think the two best teams in the conference, I, I think it's KU and Houston, but I think there's a lot of teams that on any given night can can beat. I mean, UCF was even able to beat Kansas, as was West right. Virginia. So yeah. this, this is absolutely a league where, where anything could happen.
0: Right. Yeah,
1: are you going tomorrow or, or, or not?
0: I don't know yet. Um, probably going to be a that's a no uh, at the time type, type of decision. But um, I'm looking forward to it. I think again, I think it's an important game. Really important as far as what what exactly does it mean for the rest of the season? Is this is this the game that can get us kind of back on the tracks, build on it, have some good momentum as you head out on the road, or are we going to be walking off the court tomorrow saying, oh, boy, what do we got here? When Is tortillas
1: this- and batteries are covering the LNC floor? Yeah. Oh, no.
0: Are we in meltdown mode here? So Final yeah, time. Uh,
1: a lot of us will see Texas Tech and Norman. I'll be happy about that. That's
0: right. Uh, that's right. Yeah. Very good. Which reminds me of the horrible road football game statistics we talked about. Oh, no. Um, we don't, do we, we have need to bring not, that up today? Well, uh, as of right now, we've lost our last road game in hoops at TCU at Kansas. Um, we beat Cincinnati, but, you know, I hope, I hope we're not giving these teams bragging rights on all of these road trips. You know what I'm saying? Like we did in football. Not good. Not good. All right. Quick timeout, opening timeout. Hit us on the text line, 651-3439. Hanging out at Riverwind Casino today. Stay tuned. This
1: is your home for Sooner fans. The Ref Sports Radio Network. Mike Steele here for my friends at Cavens Emergency Response. Are you prepared for the winter weather? This time of the year, we see pipes first when we least expect it. That's why Cavens Emergency Services are here for you 24 hours a day. Cavens can prevent further damage, dry structures to minimize mold, and fix pipe. 9 on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. I'm going to ask for a bit of clarity on something we talked about very briefly yesterday. You had a comment about OU's current NIL situation, and you think it's uh, about to work out quite nicely for OU here in the immediate future? If you would yeah. explain that a little bit further, please.
0: I just I think there there's some good things in the works. Um, think, I think Oklahoma is, and I'm not, when I say this, I'm not talking about, like, any NIL offers that players are getting. I'm talking about the actual pooling of funds. They're doing some good things, they're doing some aggressive things. And you know, I think that I think that they're they're going to have some potential to do I like, depending on what they want and like what players are available out there and what the transfer portal looks like. I think Oklahoma can be as aggressive as they want to
1: money won't be an issue if they don't well, if they I don't mean, want it to be
0: I, I don't i I guess you never know with some of the some of the numbers that have been thrown around out there, but I think we're I think we are going to be in a very good position in the near term
1: maybe they still have the uh, mentality like all right we're not going to crazily overpay for someone like Lance Hurd apparently did at Tennessee or I I don't know other portal players as well but we're in a better situation financially than we've been in in IL wise
0: yeah right yeah okay fair and I mean I think number one financially we're in we're going to be in a much better spot and I would also say that I think perhaps, like, mindset with with the staff may be a little bit different because the landscape is changing, you know. Um, I, I don't think it's fair to say, like, I, I think Venable's plan all along has been, I think it's smart. I think it's the right way to do things. I think it, it, it brings the culture along. It brings the program along. I think that's exactly how it should be done. Now, the landscape has changed since he first got here, and it's constantly changing. And I I think that his mindset has constantly changed as well, adapting to whatever that new environment is. And uh, I, I've, I think that there's there's probably a chance that they're going to be a little bit more aggressive here in the near term. I mean, this is a big year for uh, Oklahoma football. Uh,
1: yeah, I mean it's a big year for OU football, and it's it's a big year for Brent. I don't think Brent's on the hot seat at all going on in this going into this year. I, I don't think that. No, I definitely don't think that. But this is the SEC. This is OU football. I, I guess that you could always always be one year away from being on the hot seat if things don't go well this year.
0: Well, I I mean I'm not really even talking about that. I'm just talking about like for for the football program in general like to to have some momentum moving forward like you want to keep things in a good spot you want to cap like you want your first year in the SEC to be loud you want to make some noise you want people to notice the program make a big impression um, so I think it's it's big for that it's big for the university I I, I think there's and you you can you can just sit here and list a, a ton of reasons as to why this is a huge season for Oklahoma football. And I, because of that, I think it's, you know, the the mindset has, has probably shifted a little bit, which is what, it sh- what you should do.
1: Sounds like they could be on the verge of getting two more offensive linemen in the portal.
0: So what's the deal? I heard you guys talking about that.
1: Wow, you listen to the show two days in a row. How about well, that?
0: It feels like the um, – like, the feeling around that whole situation has dramatically turned.
1: Yes. Uh, yesterday, I don't know I don't know if he brought it up yesterday or not, but the thought on forget Landon Hatchett, the younger brother, wasn't much of a conversation. Thought yesterday right. with Garen Hatchett is, yeah, I mean, if we haven't heard something by now, then almost kind of feels like he might just go back to Washington. Then he put out that statement after the show last night thanking Washington, saying, I haven't made a decision yet, but I won't be going back to U-Dub. Um, he hasn't been on any other visits. He won't be on any other visits. So you kind of took that immediately as OU. All right, that's great. You, sounds like you might be getting Garen Hatchett. Now there's um, reports out that Landon, his younger brother, will be on campus this weekend. Yeah. So I would have been happy with just the older brother, but now it sounds like you got a really good chance at both.
0: Yeah. that's quite the uh, That's quite the change in – Outlook there, and I, I think that that would be huge. I mean, offensive line is one of those key questions we were talking about yesterday afternoon on the show. Uh, problem areas, potential roadblocks to having a really good year next year, and I think offensive line is is weighs heavy on a bunch of people's minds. That's number I, one for me, I I I think that our offensive line is going to be. I forget if we get these two. Washington players. I think our offensive line's going to be better than most people imagine it at the moment. And maybe that's because most people imagine it being horrible, but, I
1: mean... And that's fair, and I can get there. I just, even with that, though, it's still the biggest concern for me, heading into next year, just if we want to rank things out by position groups.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, really, the biggest concern... Is quarterback, but I, I think this is your point. The quarterback's going to have a lot more margin for error if he's got a really good offensive line in front.
1: Bingo! Of him. Yes. You got so,
0: it. yeah, I, and, and and I agree with that. So, I mean, I think that I think we're on our way to have a uh, a good solid group, and not just a good solid group. As one and done's, I think the recruiting over the last two years on the offensive line has been really good. I know we lost out on Caden Green. Frustrating, but I mean, that was a five star tackle that we landed. And, you know, I think that that's, I think we're going to continue to get good. I, going to the SEC is going to continue to help Oklahoma. I just like the and,
1: position it puts OU on, on the offensive line here heading into spring ball. It's that's. Yeah. You know, coming out really coming out of spring ball, I guess, is the point here. It's, I thought, you know, yesterday. Well, you probably take one or two more offensive linemen in the portal, even with the number situation that you're at, and and maybe you still take another offensive lineman in the spring portal cycle, but it's going to be very dependent on who's available. Like, yeah. it doesn't, it's not going to feel as. And I don't even know if desperate's the right word. You're just at a spot now where, okay. We'll take someone, maybe, but it's going to be very dependent on how good that player is. We won't be just adding to add, just for numbers sake, in in the portal during the spring.
0: Yeah. No, I I think that's, I think there's some truth to that. You know, there's, you never know what opportunities may open up from your own transfer departures. Right? I, I think right now what you're saying is probably the right way to approach it, but if all of a sudden you've got three or four scholarship opportunities that are going to open up while you're, with guys hitting the transfer portal out of your team, then maybe your feelings change on that quite a bit.
1: Sure, yeah, it could. Lamar for the 918 says, Four years ago today, Kobe Bryant passed. Any Sooner mm. thoughts? Sooner thoughts? I mean, one uh, immediately comes to mind. You know, Kobe Bryant, it was a legend, and he saw so many other legendary players play. So if that dude is impressed by your game, you must be a hell of a player yourself. And Kobe Bryant was really impressed with Buddy Heald and what he showed in that Elite Eight game against Oregon. Yeah. So it was phrased, any sooner thoughts, and yeah, Buddy going insane in the Elite Eight game in Anaheim against Oregon to clinch a Final Four bid and Kobe being there, that's that's what immediately comes to mind. That's That's awesome.
0: Yeah. I myself was a bit of a Kobe hater, admittedly, and I think it was more about getting a rise out of people than it was anything else. Um, Clearly the talent, undeniable. uh, Mentality, undeniable, what he put into the game. And I think, honestly, he's been, if you look at kind of the current – uh, like like the current college-age kids and maybe a little bit older than that, maybe, like, you're some pros that are two or three years in. I think Kobe Bryant has had a huge impact on that kind of generation of athletes, of like, the, like the Mamba mentality thing. Like... I kind of laughed at it, scoffed at it, but I think that that whole that that phrase or whatever has actually impacted a bunch of athletes.
1: Well, I mean, if you were to poll most young NBA players, and, and Buddy Heald's favorite player was Kobe Bryant, right? But if you were to poll most young NBA players, I'm sure some would say LeBron. You get a ton of Kobe Bryant answers for player that they most looked up to uh, growing up. Maybe well, Kobe would even get the majority of those answers. And I
0: think one of the reasons is because his, like LeBron, undeniable talent, just the, right, the durability, how long he's played, the level he's played up for, how long, which is is incredible. I'm not dogging that, and I think that that comes with a tremendous amount of preparation i mean the the rumors of how much he spends on uh, his body with nutrition and massage therapists and strength and conditioning and all those things whatever but i it's not nearly a big like kobe bryant is known for his work ethic in the off season in season like, getting his body right, training, practicing, preparing for opponents. And, like, whether it's true or not, like, the fact that he's been so well-known about that and it was kind of it was really documented, I think that trickled down to the younger generation of athletes and had a big impact on them.
1: Sure. Okie Drink Slinger says, Kobe's the greatest player besides MJ I ever saw play. Same physical and mental game. And then uh, we're back to football on this one from J.G. Wentworth. I think the running back position and the run game in general will also be really important for JFA. Hard to run the ball without a good offensive line. Yeah. Uh, Yes.
0: Yep. I agree. Offensive line is going to be critical. He's going to be a younger quarterback. He'll need more processing time in the pocket. He'll need a cleaner pocket for vision and, and for mechanics. Down in distance is for your offensive coordinator are going to keep your your young quarterback in better situations where the defense can be a little more predictable and on offense you can be less predictable. And all of that really comes from the offensive line, so totally agree. All right, quick timeout, more from the rush coming up. Stay tuned. Sound off any time of day on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line at 405-651-3439.
1: Knippelmeyer Chevrolet in Blanchard, USA. The Oklahoma Women's Hoops team returns home on Saturday, January 27th at 6 o'clock when they host the Kansas Jayhawks. Wear white and join us at the Lloyd Noble Center for OU Women's Basketball action. Plus, you don't want to miss an unbelievable halftime performance by the one and only Red Panda. Visit Soonersports.com slash tickets to reserve your seats today. And we'll see you at the Lloyd Noble Center on Saturday, January 27th for OU Women's
0: Hoops. Seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council.
1: Friday on The Rush. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman. I'm going to give you uh, some hints here. What happened throughout their OU career. You tell me which former Sooner I'm talking about. This should Kay. be a layup. This should be easy. But we'll see if you can get it or not. Okay. 2011. MVP of the bowl game. MVP of the bowl game, 2011 season. 2012, 11 rushing touchdowns. 2013, engineered wins at Notre Dame and at Oklahoma State. 2014, moved to a totally different position on the same side of the football. Which former student is that?
0: This is uh – on my top three favorite Sooners of all time same, list.
1: Same, yeah. huh? Uh-huh.
0: Blake Bell, final in, in, answer. And
1: just a fascinating story. I yeah. mean, back up in 2011 and 2012, but still had a major, major role within the offense. Again, he was the MVP of the bowl game in 2011 as a backup. Wins in South Bend and as a double-digit dog in Stillwater. And then the very next year he moves to tight end and that could have been a downer for him but it works out perfectly he has two super bowl rings and he's two wins away from his third super bowl ring crazy man
0: and not to mention just one of the best people coolest dudes ever
1: haven't heard otherwise not from one person he's
0: an incredible person so down to earth he's he is he's awesome
1: he is also the reason why – well, there's a couple of other reasons. One's name is uh, Creed Humphrey and a couple other former Sooners as well. But really, Blake Bell is the main reason why I even feel a little bit guilty rooting against the Chiefs this weekend.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I don't know that I'm – I don't know that I'm rooting against him.
1: I do. Um, I know exactly I, where I'm rooting.
0: Yeah it's interesting you know because i've hated the the whole taylor swift thing and but now at this point it, it it's going to be force fed no matter what i i kind of want the the biggest like the super bowl that is going to get the most attention and i think it's the lions and the chiefs yep It's got to be the NFL's dream. Yep. All right. To, like, just you've got a team that everyone can cheer for, um, a team that everyone hates except for the, like, the straight-up cheese fans and Taylor Swift fans. Which is a huge amount of people, by the way. But everyone, like, there's not a whole lot of neutral people on the Chiefs right now, right?
1: No, they have, uh, they definitely ascended to love them or hate them category, especially with this Taylor Swift stuff. And I don't even dislike them because of that. I don't really care about that. I I tend to think that's funny. But I just got Chiefs fatigue at this point. I really
0: do. I really do. There's no doubt about that. Um, now the other thing is, like, Mark Andrews is set to play. I'd lo- it'd be awesome for him to have a huge game. I just I'm worried for him. Like he hasn't he's been out for so long, and I mean they're not rushing him back because they wanted him back next week or uh, last week, and, and it and it didn't happen. So I don't know. I just want him to stay healthy. I don't want him to have some type of setback where he's not going to have a good off season and, and be able to start off next year really flying.
1: Who are you individually rooting for the most to get a Super Bowl ring at the end of this year? Trent Williams, Braden Willis, Creed Humphrey, Wanya Morris, the are getting his third, James Winchester getting his third, Mark Andrews getting his first. It's Trent Williams for me. What about you? If I had to just pick someone individually. Yeah,
0: I guess. I guess that's right. I guess that's right. Yeah. Problem because Trent Williams doesn't have one. The Chiefs are—they're going to be back almost every year with Mahomes. Like they're going to have a chance to be there every single year. Um, Trent Williams—I mean, I'm not suggesting and this is his last year, or maybe not even close to it. But he has been in the league for—we're on the
1: back nine 13? of the career. We're definitely on the back nine of the career for Trent yeah. Williams. Yes.
0: I think he's been in for 13 or 14 years now. So, yeah, you, if you've got an opportunity, you got the type of team that they have, they're healthy, which has been a big roadblock for the 49ers. So, yeah, I can get behind that for sure.
1: You said top three for you, Blake Bell, favorite Sooners of all time. You've got yes. Joe Washington, Drake Stoops, and Blake Bell, correct?
0: Yep, that's right.
1: Blake is also in my top three. I think he ooh, would probably ooh. fit in most OU's fans at least top ten. Maybe a lot of top fives, and I asked this question last week about Baker, and we got good response on it. But what are the main reasons why Blake Bell would be in a lot of OU fans' top three, top five in terms of favorites? Moving to tight end and handling the the way that he did, I mean, is, is probably a key point. But he was beloved way, even before that 2013 season when he took over early in the season as the starter. It's like people loved yeah. him instantly.
0: Well, yeah, I mean he's gigantic. He was, wasn't he a really highly recruited kid too? Yeah, he was a four Wichita. star
1: four star coming out of Wichita, just outside the top one hundred.
0: Four star coming out of Wichita, uh, big dude. Like the the Belldozer package was like whenever you jog on the field and it means either a first down or a touchdown. That's a pretty good place to really cultivate a big fan base, yep. you know what I'm saying?
1: And he had the touchdown celebration in the end zone that I think a lot of people like. Oh, so. yeah. Just kind of did what he, he was all about. He's pretty, pretty intense.
0: Did he do that, was it this year or last year in the playoffs, he scored a touchdown, and didn't he do the bulldozer? Well, I would or hope the that, I hand? hope
1: that he would because that's, that's his signature. Right. I, I was at, um, I think, his first touchdown at OU at least in the belldozer package, was at Kansas State in 2011. And I was sitting there right in the end zone. He scores that first touchdown, and he, yeah, he he does the belldozer right there. I think he's done it ever since, or at least I I hope he's still doing it in the NFL.
0: Right. Doesn't get a whole lot of opportunities, but still, um, yeah, I hope he does that for sure. Yeah, he's an an easy one. I mean – What's your what's your what's your top three? You gotta have Jason White in there, right?
1: Ooh. Um yeah, I think I do actually. I think I would have Jay White at one, Jinkos or no Jinkos. I don't wh- whatever version you want there. I'd go Blake Bell two, and then dude, I I gotta go bake top three. That just has to be. Okay. That ha- has to be Baker Mayfield.
0: I've got a little exercise.
1: Actually, no, I'm going to make an omission. Sorry, Jay White. Just because they were uh, family friends when we are growing up. My uh-huh. first ever favorite OU player, first ever favorite NFL player, Steven Alexander's in my top three.
0: Okay. Um, I've got an exercise for everyone. I need, so, five players. And, like, I don't want to do... My first thought was do Switzer, Stoops, um, like do the different eras. But I don't want to skip the 90s era and just gloss over those guys. I didn't.
1: I have one of my top three.
0: No, I know. I know. But I'm just kind of saying for myself and and people chiming in. 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s, and then 2010 and beyond.
1: Okay. All right.
0: Get your five players there. From one from each era because I think it's all right, obviously 70s for me is easy. Yep, uh, J Dub, Joe Washington, and I like, my 80s player is I I'm, I can go a couple of different ways there, but I got a pretty good idea where I'm gonna go. 90s is easy for me, easiest thing ever, and then two thousand twenty tens. 2010s. I think it's a fun little thing. You can stretch it out a little bit uh, I, because the first time I saw OU was the 90s because that's kind of my first impression of the team. So I got some favorites from okay. there. Okay,
1: let me read a quick story on the text line before we hit a break here. Remember um, remember when someone texted in last Friday and said Baby Owen was, was on the way, new member of the Ref Army?
0: Yeah, remember that's that? right. Owen Field.
1: Last week I texted in about my son Owen being born last weekend. He had to be admitted to the NICU due to some respiratory mm. issues. But fortunately, KREF's own Connor Pasby's wife, Callie, had been a part of the team at OKC Mercy taking care of him. So Look as I've already told him and his wife, what a blessing they've been taking care of him and my wife along this journey. Booma, that's pretty cool. That's
0: awesome. That's awesome. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah, hopefully everything goes well and uh – uh Look at that, man, Connor! That's so cool. Very cool. All right, let's hit a quick timeout. More from The Rush coming up. We will wrap up hour number one next. This is the Ref
1: Sports Radio Network.
0: More than 600,000 Oklahomans have disabilities. We can't afford to leave great employees behind just because they do things differently.
1: Who we are and what we accomplish
0: are much more important.
1: Hire an Oklahoman with a disability and gain dependability, commitment, and lower turnover. Reach out. Oklahoma Rehabilitation Services. 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Give Cavens a call. 405-573-3048. That's 405-573-3048 or CavensGroup.com. A discussion about Blake Bell has led to our favorite Sooners uh, over multiple decades. 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s and then 2010 to current. Uh, We can do ours quickly, and then we'll get to a lot of text responses in the next hour. For the 70s, for me, you took Joe Washington. Dang it. But I'll take the next best thing. 9.4 yards per carry in 1971. Yeah, let's go Greg Pruitt for the 70s, please.
0: Yeah, that is... Hard to argue with.
1: 1980s, I'm going to go with Keith Jackson, who we just talked about yesterday or earlier this week. Incredible. Would love to see him play in any decade of college football, but especially now. 90s, I'm going with Steven Alexander. He's in my top three overall. 2000s, I'm going with this guy because Texas fans still hate him so much, and it gives me so much joy that from 2000 to 2002 – Quentin Griffin scored more touchdowns than the entire Texas team did combined in the Cotton Bowl. Q.
0: That's good.
1: 2010s to current, I'm going with Bake. What say you?
0: Um, 70s, it's Joe Washington, but if I had to pick, since he's in my favorite all-time, there's three names from the 70s that are a tie for me. Jimbo Elrod, George Cumbie, and Daryl Hunt. Um, Yeah.
1: George, Comby, George Cumbie, George Cumbie-Daryl oh Hunt combination
0: God. is probably the best, like, uh, D-line edge and inside backer combination in Oklahoma history. Just unbelievable. 80s, i got to go with Boz. Yep. It's just, you know, you just have to go there. 90s for me, Kelly Gregg is number one. And then I've got two um, two runner-ups, Cedric Jones and Trevian Smith. Uh, from my nineties, two thousands, I got two I got two players that I'm tied with, Dan Cody and Rufus Alexander. And then in the in the twenty tens it's Bake. But if I had to go with someone that is kind of was almost like the defensive version of Baker Mayfield's Eric Stryker.
1: Yeah, I I still think people forget how good he was in that twenty fifteen yeah. season. I mean just, just I mean, edge players, he's one of the best you've had in recent memory.
0: I mean, he's like a uh, – it was a six-foot, 215-pound edge, stand-up edge player, and uh, just havoc on the field at all times, wherever he was. Nice just, Ru-
1: Nice Rufus pick. 22 years ago today, he committed to OU out of uh, Baton Rouge.
0: Oh, I saw that. Yeah. That's so cool. Really, really cool. Good stuff. All right, quick timeout. More from The Rush coming up. Hour number two is next. i you. My love.